It's time to get it, and you know how we get it. Americano! The podcast about all things business and personal growth with your host, Eric Vonheim. Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome Diana Whitcomb to the show. How are you doing, Diana? I'm good. It's good to be here. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to catch up. Absolutely. So where are you, where are you calling in from today? I am calling in from uh, outside of Denver, Colorado. Um, Littleton, Colorado is very specifically where I'm at right now. <laughs> that is a beautiful area. So it's my understanding that elevation is much higher in, uh, in that area compared to where I'm at in California. Is that correct? It is. It's called Mile High City. So we are a mile up in elevation. Wow. Does that change? I mean, because uh, you, you come from California. So is there a big, is it, was there a significant difference for you coming from oh. California going to that elevation? It was, yes, it was really hard. I, it's such a weird thing because you don't, there's nothing tangible. You just mm. feel awful, like working out, like doing the simplest <laughs> thing. And it takes, it took me a really long time. I was like, how long does this normally take? It was months before I started to feel semi-normal. It still, still to me, feels different. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a, pretty much a slap in the face. You do the same thing workout-wise here that you did in California. <laughs> I bet. I bet. It sort of reminds me of those, uh, you remember those oxygen masks um, where they sort of deprive yeah. you of oxygen so you can somehow yeah. apparently force your lungs to work harder. Yeah, and I, it feels just like that. So what I was thinking we could get into is a couple of questions here today, Diana. One is just a little bit about your background so our listeners can learn a little bit more about you, kind of uh, where you came from, uh, maybe some uh, <clears throat> some transition into where you're at today. And then I want to shift the conversation into your career because I know that you made a significant career change uh, not too long ago. And there's a lot of entrepreneur type components to what you decided to do in all of this sort of the foundation you've been laying in between to build this new business of yours. So with that said, uh, can you share with us a little bit about your background? Who is Diana? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm originally, well, I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, but my mom probably won't admit that. Um, but I, I grew up in Texas. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, I have an identical twin sister, which really was, it's, it's my normal, but it's unique for other people. Um, so you kind of grow up with somebody that you're always kind of competing against in a really healthy way. So I think we grew up with a, a unique setting that kind of still benefits me today. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I have an older sister and um, yeah, I grew up in Texas. My parents separated and my dad and my stepmom had three more kids. So there's six of us. Six siblings. Wow, big so family. Yeah, a really big family. Um, yeah, I was I was there and transitioned. Um, I played sports growing up. Um, it's a funny thing, and I think too, this is another like foundational thing for me. Um, was me and my sister for some reason just we were I'm trying to think how old we were. We were seven, and we were like we want to do gymnastics. I mean, we must have seen something on TV. So we were like proving to our mom that we could do gymnastics. So we were showing her we could do the splits. We're like, please sign us up. We want to do gymnastics. And so in seventh grade, we started gymnastics and absolutely loved it. And that is a hundred percent like the foundation to my athletic career. Okay. And um, yeah, and so that really kind of transitioned into track and field. And um, in middle school, when I got too tall for gymnastics, I think the cool part too about my upbringing was my mom supported us. Mm -hmm. anything we wanted to do she 
did everything she could to make that happen. Like my mom was cleaning houses for a living when my dad and my stepmom, my mom and my dad separated mm-hmm. um, so she could provide for us and give us opportunity. And um, so she allowed us to, to do what we wanted, but also didn't force us to do things we didn't want to do either. So I really allowed us to kind of find our passion and to follow our passions and our gut um, on things we wanted to do. And I think that again, still benefits me today. Yeah, I'd imagine you. So it sounds like you just had a, such a number one, a, a great upbringing. And number two, you had a great role model with your mom. Yeah, absolutely. And I still do today. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's amazing. That's wonderful. You know, it's, it's, I have these conversations with people from time to time about the importance of parenting and uh, just, just showing, you know, some, some good leadership, um, you know, to, to the future generations because they're looking for examples, right? They're paying attention even when people don't think that they are. And so, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes those little things, I mean, just even showing care or showing routine or structure or discipline or why you need to work hard and why it's important. Those things matter significantly. Yeah, absolutely. Like even like growing up, we were going the lawn. We were always doing the dishes. Like we were not entitled, like at a young age, we were taught we had to earn and like mm-hmm. do our part. And I, it is definitely ingrained as me, like in me as a person, you know, and I'm still very thankful that I've grown up in a household that has that, those kind of foundational values. <laughs> that is wonderful. So it's also my understanding that at some point in your life, from an athletic perspective, you participated in the Olympics. Tell us about that. I did. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just started talking and field after I quit gymnastics and it was just really a evolutionary process for me. You know, I, just so we've got better improved and got more passionate about it. And, um, it's funny. I was competing in 2006 at the U S championships. I was in my junior year in college and my coach sat me down after I could, I think I got sixth place and he's like, Diana, you improved here and here and here just a little bit. You are in contention for being on the Olympic or world championship team. And I was like literally blown away that I was that close. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just opened up. It just opened up what I knew I was capable of. Um, I think I almost limited myself not knowing I was capable of that. And it was funny for a long time. I could never say that I was training for the Olympics. I was just embarrassed. I didn't want to say that if I wasn't truly at that level yet. Mm-hmm. And I was, I just didn't, I wanted, I don't know. I didn't want to be overconfident. And then I, yeah, competed at the Texas Relays, um, a big track and field competition in Austin, Texas. And mm-hmm. I got the Olympic A standard there. And that's when I was like, okay, this is actually happening. I'm, I'm there, you know. So I had to obviously compete at the Olympic trials to make the team, um, although I had the standard, which is nice because it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I had to do was compete for place. So I had to be in top three. Um and yeah, I had had a great competition at the Olympic Trials in 2008 in Eugene, Oregon, and um, earned my spot to be on the 2008 uh, Beijing Olympic team. So yeah, it was an incredible experience. Um, my coach said back when I made World Championships the year before, he's like, "The World Championships is an amazing experience. Like, don't get me wrong. He's like, but there is nothing like the Olympic Games. And I think most people know that, but like being there and experiencing it, it, it 
at the opening ceremonies, I had that just completely like in the moment feeling. I was like totally overwhelmed. I was like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> While the rest, well, the rest of us were watching on TV, you were in, the, <laughs> you were down on the field walking around. Yeah, it was, I really, truly soaked it up and knew what an amazing experience, you know, I was experiencing at that time. So. Yeah, that is yeah, wonderful. And what was your distance? I mean, what, what was your specialty on, on the track and field side? So I did the heptathlon, which is a lot of people know the men's version, which is the decathlon, which is 10 events and track. So what it, and women is seven, heptathlon. And it's the men's titles, the world's best athlete. And like Jackie Jordan Kersey is the female. Uh, Dan O'Brien was a decathlete. Um, a lot of those names people know that are maybe 30 and older. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it's kind of all around test the sport. So really testing all the disciplines of track and field. So jumps, throws, sprints, um, middle distance. Um, so the really, uh, the mind challenge as much as it was physical, um, and the sport of track. So, so it's all around. I mean, it's not as if you were just running yeah. a 400 meter sprint. No, it was very like, it was a two day competition. There were four events the first day, uh, hurdles, high jumps, shot put 200 meters. And then we come back the second day and compete in the long jump, javelin, 800 meters. And there's points that are associated with each like distance um, uh, and a long jump or a time in the hurdles. Um, and that's an accumulation over time. So it's very much like a mental, you have to say very, very mentally balanced mm-hmm. on the highs and lows. So you have a high you need to stay balanced because you can hit a low the next minute and then you, you hit that low. So if you stay really even... Um, I think that really strengthened you as a heptathlete. And um, I, don't know, I think that too carries over into other parts of your life too. Absolutely. Uh, what, what I learned in that. Absolutely. Just that mental toughness to get through all of that. I mean, there's, there's two components, right? There's the physical aspect of how taxing it is on your body, but then just the mentality, the mindset, the pressure dealing with that and uh, being able to manage it and push through. That's incredible, Diana. Thanks. <laughs> so I wrote, I was actually uh, living, a little side note, I was living in Beijing, China around 2007. Uh, I was out no there. Way. Yeah, I lived in Beijing. And so it's interesting that we speak about the, the Olympics that year because I remember when they were building the nest and the cube and yeah. all the money they were pouring into the infrastructure to support the games. And it was just such a, a fun time to be in Beijing. So I can only imagine what it was like for you being a participant and being in the village and all those different things in China specifically. Yeah, it was cool. I felt like I feel really lucky to be a part of that Olympics too, because I think they did the effort to put on such an amazing show for the world. Like there wasn't too many that have matched like what Beijing did. So yeah, it was really cool to be a part of that one. Very cool. So that's a perfect transition into fast forwarding to today. So it's my understanding that you made a career change not too long ago that uh, is very entrepreneurial. It, it requires a, a very tough mindset, which you certainly have, and a lot of focus. Um, so I think everything that you've shared so far is really supports what you're doing today. So maybe you can share with our listeners what you're doing today and what was the decision to to get in this, to this type of line of work. Yeah, I think, so I am a real estate agent now in uh, Colorado. Um, so what kind of led me to go down this path was I've been in the corporate world uh, kind of a fun part of the corporate world in the fitness industry, but I've been in the corporate world and I just got to a point. I was, I was just ready to move on. I was ready to start building my own thing, having the autonomy, building my own business. Um, 
so I just, my wheels were turning on, I'm ready for that. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So it's really allowing myself to be open. Um, cause I didn't know what that was and I was maybe timing, but, um, a little over about a year ago, um, I was starting the process of buying home. And so being in that process as a buyer, I started the light bulb started to come on. I'm like, this could be really the perfect next step for me. So I started to do a lot of due diligence, um, and research on, on this industry and this profession and wanted to know the realities of it, goods and bads to really Mm -hmm. make the right decision. And, um, yeah, my, everything in my gut said, go for this, go after it. And, and I didn't, I did not look back even once or even turn my head. (laughs) Interesting. Um, So you came to that realization that you wanted to be a realtor or be in the industry because you were, you yourself were going through the process and working with a real estate agent in purchasing a home for yourself. Yeah. And I just like, I, yeah, I something about it just really flipped the switch for me and, and being able to help others. It's such an, it's such a big part of your life. Like buying a home and selling a home, it's, it's kind of like those markers in your life. Yep. Um, it's a big decision. It's a big investment. And, um, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to, I started, I want to, be that person that makes that process smooth and stress-free and because I actually bought a home back in Kansas when I was training at Kansas State um I think it was after the Olympic year and I bought a home without a realtor and and I was so so incredibly stressed out and you know this next the the home that we bought a year ago it Mm -hmm. was a really really smooth process and it was because of who we worked with and so I wanted to be that person and and bring that value, um, in that process. So, um, yeah, I just started to feel that connection to this, this profession and industry and yeah. Um, so made me move forward with it. So at the core, it sounds like you have a, a deep interest to help other people. I mean, you, you want to bring value and, and happiness to others through selling them their first home or their second home or whatever that might be. Yeah. So that's a part of it for sure. Like I, that is like, what brings the energy and excitement to it and mm-hmm. I the relationships you build, but also building a business of my own, like being able to, to have the flexibility to go, I can make this my own. I can pr- approach this my way. Um, I don't have to do it like everybody else. And being able to explore that is so exciting and fun and um, I think just super rewarding. So. I agree. I agree. Having that creativity is something, um, and you having mentioned coming from corporate America, sometimes you're, you're starved of that creativity because generally in a large corporation, they have the systems and processes in place and they want you to kind of play within the sandbox and not veer too much out. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to knock on the corporate world because it's a great balance for a lot of people, but yeah, yeah, for me, I started to go, I'm not actually making decisions. I'm executing at this point. And I know I can provide more and I wanted to have that platform to be able to do that. And so, and I think a lot of people, I've heard so many people talk about that and it's so scary, but I think when, for me and my experience in this transition was, it was scary, but it was easy. My gut was telling me to go this direction and I was ready for it. And like life is short and not take that opportunity when you truly have that itch for actually, I'm going to pause my, I was speaking with a friend that I worked with at this previous job and he said, are you looking for change or are you really looking to go this path? And I go, that's a great question because I think a lot of people just want change. 
Mm-hmm. And so I really had, you know, you have to kind of self-reflect and be self-aware and say, no, I genuinely want this change in my life and my career path. So I knew that was the choice I was making. So I knew I was making the right decision. So walk us through day zero. I'm very curious now. So you mm-hmm. you go through this process, you get a home, you're, you find some excitement, you're thinking to yourself, I can do this. I want to build something mm-hmm. for myself, which is absolutely wonderful. And then day zero or day one shows up and now you have anointed yourself as a, as a realtor. Where do you go? What do you do? Because you're in a new market, right? So you don't yeah. have the brand equity. You don't have any of those maybe networks that other realtors do. So how do you start yeah. in the market space where you have a competition? That's such a great question. Um, so I, first and foremost, when I finished school, passed the exam. The next step was to find a firm. And so I I feel like when I've made decisions in my life, the school I went to for college, I knew what I was looking for. And I had that just click and connection with it. And I knew immediately, which was Washington State University, I knew I was going there. I knew it like the first half a day. And, um, and so it was really important for me to find a firm. And there was a wall of brochures and cards from all these firms at the school that I went to. And it was really hard to choose. I had no idea. And I did know I didn't want to go with the uh, big commercial type firms like a Keller Williams or Remax. I wanted to go with a more boutique style, but not too small. And so I just, I grabbed about six brochures or probably eight. Um, And then I really went through each of those. I looked at the websites and just got a feel for like how, how they message and, Mm -hmm. and their branding and what they're about. And, I picked four that I wanted to reach out to and send my resume to. And this one firm, it was the third meeting. I really liked their messaging. It was like a deeper message. It was like more than real estate. Like um, it was about the people. And so I went and met with the, so it's funny. I, the, for that firm, the, uh, the owner of the firm, Matt Hudson, he is really big into culture and like the psychology. And so he does a survey to make sure he brings on agents that have a certain mindset and, Mm-hmm. I took the, the survey and I got a call back so quick. They're like, okay, your survey was super intriguing. We want to meet you. So they have like categories of like people. And I guess I was a rainmaker. I don't really know exactly what that is, but um, so I met with the owner and it just, it was amazing. I just knew I was going to be supported, have all the resources. So I think that was so important for me that I could hit the ground running being with the right firm. Okay, um, And it's a really collaborative group of people which is not common in the real estate world it can be very competitive so for me that was the starting point um and then also just not being scared of getting after it like telling people what i do mm-hmm. that was my goal number one before i transitioned out of my corporate job i was like i'm just gonna let people know what i do friends new people i meet that just awareness was my my goal um and then that really set me up for when i went full-time um, just it created momentum for me. That's fantastic. I mean, you, you found the perfect sort of partnership, right? Because as you mentioned in your discussion is there's, there's a lot of choices. There's a lot of places you can sort of, um, start to work with to build your brand, um, in the context of their sort of, um, their firm. And so you, yeah. you knew right away going into this meeting and, and through their interaction that that would be a perfect fit for you. Yep. I knew. No question. I canceled the rest of my meetings I had because I knew that was the firm. I honestly like knew. I was like, there's no point. Like I know. This is it. Sounds like you have a very strong intuition, which has served you very well in life. I do. And that definitely comes from my mom because she definitely has a strong intuition. And I think I got blessed on 
getting that genetically. I don't know if that's genetic or not, but <laughs> well, that that's a positive for sure. So you yeah. so you align yourself with this organization. You you start on this journey and. What what is the what does the training look like? Do you have to do they put you in some training? Do you go through this process? So tell us a little bit about how yeah. how quickly did you come up to speed so you can actually go out there and start showing homes and and doing what you need to well, do? Yeah, like it's kind of at your pace or not setting when you can start doing that stuff. But every firm's different. Some have like classes you go to for two months, and I was paired. So this firm pairs you with a mentor. So you're paired with a really experienced agent and I am blessed to have an amazing mentor Julie Reddington um, at my firm that I just meet with and learn from and it's more so like as you're you're jumping in Mm -hmm. you learn as you go kind of uh, career so I shadowed one open house before I started because you go through all the education too so you have a good understanding it's just getting out there and starting to speak to people is how you really learn Um, so I shadowed one open house um, with some agents at my firm and then I just jumped in and started doing it myself and did 11 already in the first two months, which I think wow. was in the top one in our firm. Like how many I did. I just knew that was an area I wanted to focus on. Um, but yeah, just getting out there and, and doing those and meeting people, hearing their stories, like what they're looking for. That's how you learn. Um, and so bouncing things off her as I'm kind of like getting questions and, and learning, you know, that's how, how we're learning is jumping in. So. so a big part of this, as you talk about, is sharing your story, Right storytelling so explain to us and our listeners what are some of the things that you're doing in your business today around storytelling and what do you feel works best and what are some areas where you thought eh, maybe i need to make some adjustments or that's not really working out too well what do you, what do you mean by storytelling i'm just trying to figure out how that like i'm connecting that to yeah absolutely so storytelling in the context of sharing people uh, or when you talk to people telling them what you do so for example what I've encountered in my life is that there's usually two types of people out there when they're trying to communicate what they do to somebody. Some will uh, focus on, you know, building impersonal, in-person conversations or relationships, excuse me. And through that conversation, they get to know somebody and then they might say, well, tell me what you do. And there's a casual reference, whereas mm-hmm. some other people simply are, are going out proactively and saying, hello, my name is and I do this and reach out. So it's a little bit more of a hard push. Uh, around how they tell that story. So what's your particular style and and what places are you doing this? So my style really is like, I was definitely being direct with like people I knew as, hey, I'm so excited. I made this career change. I'm a real estate now. Like if you have family or friends, like I was more direct in that way. But with people I meet, like say at open houses or um, it's a little bit more organic. So I don't want it to be about me. I want to learn about them. And so if, it says, obviously, if I'm at an open house, they know I'm a real estate agent, but it's focusing on them. Um, I think hearing and listening is key to bringing value to to somebody you work with in real mm-hmm. estate. So, um, And I think, too, then if you know, it's somebody, let's say, outside an open house, it's just organically people ask what you do. And I don't know, I, I don't necessarily like immediately share what I do with my background. Like, I don't drop that I was a professional athlete. Like, um, unless it organically happens. So I would say that's probably my approach, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And how much are, would you say, as you're building what I would call your book of business, uh, this, you know, mm-hmm. your, your relationships and everything that you're doing, how much of it uh, is, is sort of in person or in real life in your community? And how much mm-hmm. is digital? I stay away from digital. I chose to not invest in that route. It's a really 
um, the waters are muddy. There's so many people that are paying thousands of dollars to be, you know, a premier realtor on Zillow. And Mm -hmm. those are really, really cold leads. So I've chosen to not focus digitally right now. And um, I am speaking like obviously through my social channels, um, Mm -hmm. but mine are more in-person connecting through business to business relationships. um, And then open houses connecting a person there and then through my network of friends. Um, So that's definitely more of my focus at the beginning that might change and evolve as I build my business, but Mm -hmm. that's where I'm a hundred percent dedicating my time. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat those personal touch points at all. I mean, digital is uh, certainly beneficial from raising awareness and, and all these other things, but I strongly agree at the end of the day, uh, business is about people and people are behind businesses, right? So the more human touch points you can have, I think the better you are. Plus I often think about, you know, the real estate industry in itself. And I think it's in large part, I think there's a, there's a heavy amount of referral traffic, right. That occurs. So, you know, do you know a realtor or who was your realtor? And I, I think a lot of people are looking for good people that made them uh, feel good and help them along the way in their process to purchase that home or, or whatever it might be. Absolutely. So your brand is everything I would imagine. It is. And it's about trust. Like I think everyone's had an experience out there. Not everyone, but a lot of people probably have had an experience with an agent. They like, I didn't trust them. I didn't know I could explore other routes or, but trust is key. So meeting people face to face, it allows you to build that trust. It's really hard to build the trust through an email. So um, that's, that's why I focus there. I, I want people to know they can trust me. I'm going to add value to the process for them. And what are some ways to build trust with somebody that you've just met? Or do you have a few things that you do? I mean, what, what's your strategy for somebody that's wondering, yeah, how do I build trust I think, quickly with strangers I've, I've just met? Yeah, I think building trust is, like I said, listening. So that's one of the things, listening to them and not talking about everything you do, I've done this, I've sold this many homes, I've, it's about them. So listening to them, I think is one of the areas of building trust. And then when you provide any feedback or communication back, it's in response to what they need versus like just what you're telling them. So that's one area. And then also being an expert, being an expert in the market, um, being able to provide information to them that is valuable whether let's say for example I'm, it's a first-time home buyer i'm going to be sending them information about the process what they should expect because there's so much like a first-time home buyers do not know about and so i'm like i'm going to be providing you as much information so you're prepared for the process so i think that's another area um being knowledgeable um also develops that trust so those are some of the key areas i would say um and then being reliable too in communication, <laughs> um, not going dark. You have to really be responsive to um, reliability. Also, I think develops trust. So ghosting people is uh, socially unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Though people are people, and you know, and it's hard. That's a, that's the difficult part of this industry. Is you kind of have to be on all the time, and that can be difficult. There's a lot of things in our lives. People have kids, and you know families and vacations and it can't be telling you but people are respectful of that they know you have a life too but being responsive to a certain degree i think is really important absolutely okay now what i'd like to do is move to a set of questions these are fairly random uh to to sort of give our audience um some some insight into to a few things on your mind so the first one is 
what is your favorite book and why? And it could be something of the past. It could be something you're reading right now around business. But what comes to mind? Yeah. So I actually just finished reading a book that my mentor gave me. It's called The Carpenter. Um, and I, I wrote, I never do this, but I was like, I want to remember there were so many good takeaways from this book that kind of is, would be useful in my career and I think life in general. So I like wrote so many things down so I wouldn't forget it because it's so easy to forget when the second you close the book. Um, I just wanted because it was just talking about really genuinely being present and um, doing the best, most incredible job that you can do. Um, and it was just like really simple. It was love, care, and serve were like the three points of this book and just applying that to like everything you do. I just thought that was really powerful, simple, but, um, isn't the easiest. So absolutely. That would probably be. That, that's a great message. Absolutely. Second question. You can only visit one more country in the world. Where would it be and why? I would say probably, I don't know, Croatia. And I don't really know why I mm-hmm. can't, but I, it's a place I've always wanted. We were, I was in Italy with my husband for our honeymoon last year and we talked about, oh, I wish we could fit in Croatia and we didn't. So I don't know, it's just an area I've wanted to, I've always wanted to see. Absolutely. That's on my list too. So um, okay. we can both achieve that goal. The, yeah. thir- the third question, what is the last random act of kindness that you did for somebody and how did it make uh, you feel? Yeah, actually last week I was going, I uh, was going to take my dog to the park to get his energy out and I was just like a block away from my house or two blocks away and there was a guy that was standing by his bike and it looked like he was having trouble so I rolled my window down and I said do you need some help and I was like do you need a bike pump I have one over at my house so I brought him one but I realized that was probably not going to work so I was like if you want I can totally bring you to your house like because his wheel was shot mm-hmm. um, so I brought my dog back home and there was bike in my car and dropped him off at his house like probably four miles away um i don't know i just felt like i was like you know what i cycle and this could very well happen to me because i do not have a kit on my bike um to repair a tire so i was like i'm gonna do this because i know i probably will need this in the future so and i knew that he definitely needed help so yeah it just feels good to help people and do stuff that's not about you I love that. And and that person will likely do the same for another person in need as well. So that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, where can people find you online? So my Instagram is Diana underscore Denver Homes. So I switch that once I switch careers. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of my main source. And then Facebook is I think it's still under Diana Pickler and not Whitcomb. Uh, yeah, and my website's still being developed. So I don't have that have that oven running yet. Coming soon. Well, Coming Diana, soon. I want to thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it, and congratulations on the new adventure, new journey. Uh, you know, around the real thank estate you. industry and becoming an entrepreneur and building your brand. I have personally been watching some of the stories that you put out on Instagram, and I really like how. You're using that platform to just simply uh, bring your personality to to light, to have a conversation around real estate and and talk about the homes and where you're at and what you love about things. And so I think that uh, you're definitely going to have some great success in building a following and and establishing that trust in those relationships. So I wish you the very best. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. And it's it's been a blast chatting with you.